Welcome to the Back on Track Podcast, the podcast that will inspire, impact, and empower you, and will bring forth conversations and information that will help you finally break free from the internal shackles that are restricting you from making maximum progress in your life and business. And now, here's your host, speaker, trainer, storyteller, author, and coach, Ghazi Muhammad. Live, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Back on Track. I am your host, Brother Ghazi, and today we have with us a whole family of people. We got my siblings on deck um, three of my brothers and two of my sisters. And um, today, you know, this conversation was sparked by a uh, conversation I was having with my young sister Lisa here about our experiences with my father, with our father. And it was totally different how we perceive things, how we understood things. We seen it from totally different angles. So I wanted to bring my siblings on here so that we can um, like like just talk about some of, some of our upbringing, some of the things that you know affected us when we was coming up as children. And because uh, a lot of families go through things, we experience things. It be good, bad, ugly, and indifferent. And oftentimes, when we experience those things, what happens is we think everybody see it the exact same way. But as you know, we can all see one accident. All six of us can see one accident. If you ask us what happened, we're going to all see something slightly different because perception and experience and how we shape and how we mold it, it's a little bit different. So this is Brother Ghazi. I'm your host, and these are my siblings. Most of my siblings. It's not all of them, but this most of them. I think I got one, two, three. It's a lot of them still missing, but it's some still missing. But this is most of my siblings right here. So um, how you all doing today? Fine. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm Great. good. All right. Thank you all for coming to back on track. So uh, I'm gonna introduce these people here for, for our listening audience. Yolanda Fitcher, aka Peaches. This is my oldest sister. Um, she was the oldest in our family. My mother's biological only daughter, and um, she was older than all the rest of us. She thought she was our second mama, like she was our boss. But you know, of course, we were <laughs> against that, and we didn't play that. But she was a good big sister. I remember when we was younger, when we had long hair, she would braid our hair, she would cook food for us, and she would take care of you know, try to you know, do what a big sister do. And that's often what big sisters do. So I want to give a shout out to all the big sisters out there who, when they mama working and doing what they got to do, it's them big sisters that step in, that cook the food, that take care of the children and stuff that's like that. Right. And in my family, it was it was my big sister, Peaches, that pretty much did that for us. And then we have, next to her, we have Alicia Calvin. It's my younger sister. Now, she and I don't have the same mother, but we have the same father. I didn't meet her until she was about, I think, seven, eight years old, something like that. And when I met her, she was the love of my life. I'm like, man, I got me a little sister because I was tired of being bossed around by my big sister. I want to have me a little sister. You know what I'm saying? But this is my little sister. That's love of my life. Then we got Cornell over here, my twin. Um, You know, we was in the womb together, you know, fighting in the womb. We came out fighting and we grew up fighting together, you know. we and him had different, definitely two, two different directions in life. But we was coming up. I was crazy and thugging, and he was going to school, going to high school proms and football team. While I was going to juvenile and drug rehab and stuff like that. But you know, that's how life is. Then we got my uh, younger brother Bruce here, who was one of the stars of the um, hit 
TV show, Welcome to Sweetie Pies, which we ain't going to talk about. That's a whole nother story right there. But he was on the show and he was doing pretty good on it. Um, he too spent nine years behind bars and got out. Now he's doing phenomenal things. And this is my younger brother here, James, known as Lil James. Um, he grew up in the streets, you know, doing what he do. Out there banging at one time, but now he's a truck driver, a family man, a homeowner, and doing what he do. So we're going to have a candid conversation. And this conversation is for all siblings out there who just talk to your family sometime, and you will see that your views are totally, totally different. So we're going to start this off. I'm going to ask some questions about life coming up, growing up, and things like that. And I want y'all to be just candid and straightforward and honest as humanly possible, but just be raw with it and straight to the point. So I, I, I'm going to start off by telling you my experience. Coming up, I used to think that I was adopted, right? Because my mom <laughs> used to up beat the hell out of me. <laughs> I just knew that I wasn't her child. And I used to get whooping so bad. Because, but not, I used to get in trouble. And, and my siblings can, can talk about some of the things I've been through. But I used to think I was adopted. I'm like, damn, why I'm getting extension cars and co-hangers and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's getting yelled at, you know. I used to think I was adopted. But Peaches, now you are a big sister. Let's talk about some of the things. Tell me, I want all y'all to talk about something y'all remember, bad or whatever, but the, something y'all remember when we was younger about y'all experience with me. Or how was life when I was coming oh up? Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, Mom used to always say, she felt like you were so smart that you were stupid because all of the dumb stuff you and bad stuff you did coming up. I mean, you were so rebellious. I never understood it. I I, I straight thought you was something was wrong with you in the head for real. Cause as much as she used to beat your butt and and do what all she did to you, you still continue to do the same stuff. I just I didn't understand why you were so rebellious like that. But like I name some remember. of the things I did. Like, like some of the things you remember. Things like what? Hmm. Let me see. Running away. That was me. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> well, you know, end up going to prison. That that kind of hurt me from you know seeing you on the news when you got locked up. You know, that like hurted me to my heart when I seen that and, you know, took my brother away. But then, I mean, you was just, I don't know, you just kept moms upset all the time with just all the little devious stuff you used to do. I don't, I don't know. I just didn't yeah. understand it. But you was my brother and I loved you, so it was what it was. <laughs> right, right. And then... Yeah. Um, and can I go? Oh, oh, yeah, oh! Come on, I got two events I want to talk about. Oh, Lord! Okay. So one in particular, um, since I know my brother, he is he is he was with the Nation of Islam, and and he he spoke for Black Pride. So when I was about twelve years old, I think that he came and got me. Uh, first of all, he was a chameleon. Cause around mama, my mama thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. She always used to talk about, "Ooh, that red, that red show is a good big brother." Mama had no clue about the crap red had me into. So <laughs> red walked on Henrietta, which was South St. Louis. He he walked on Henrietta and got me. I don't know where he came from, but he knocked on my door about eight o'clock one Saturday morning. He said, "We going to get everybody." I said, "Cool." 
Then we walked on Shaw from Henrietta. He walked me from Shaw to Cold Brilliant to get Pete Pumpkin. Then we walked from Cold Brilliant down to uh, University to get Lil Arnell. And then we just walked the rest of St. Louis the whole dog all day. And I'm only about 12 years old. But I'm having too much fun because I'm with all my brothers. Didn't realize I had walked the whole St. Louis perimeter in one doggone day. So now it's about midnight. It's time to go home. We up at Noggles. It, it used to be Noggles on Grand at Grand and 40. And so I asked for a shake. He bought me a shake. I got a, a chocolate. No, he got a chocolate shake. I got a vanilla. They walking me on down Grand and walk me home. For whatever reason, we passed a white car. I don't know what this white car did to him, but it was the white car that got that got him going. And because the car was white, he decided to take his vanilla shake and dump it all over the car and had us running down Grand. So we ran home on, on Henrietta. I thought my brother was crazy, but we had so much fun doing it. Look at Hey, and I, so the, the, another time they came and got me, they were in the car. Again, my mama, yeah, they can go. She just think my big brother just take good care of me. Long story short, we done rode around in this car all day long. They dropped me off. As soon as they dropped me off, they get ready to take punk and home, and they get pulled over by the police. Everybody get taken to jail, and punk and called me the next day talking about she was in there crying, and they made her take out her weave. You can expound on them because, right. and I never told my mama none of the crap that we got into because she just thought Red could do no wrong. But Peach is talking about that day he got locked up and seeing him on the news. I still remember he had his 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 head like this down in his jacket, mm -hmm. and I can remember that news flash just like it was yesterday because again that hurt my heart and I hated to see my brother go like that. Yeah, Did I see it yeah. coming? It just it's crazy because all of the stuff that I knew him and my other brothers were into, I it never dawned on me that prison was in their future. And yeah. I guess that's just being young and immature. Yeah. 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 <sighs> and you know that um car that we was rolling around and you know, I, I used to steal cars back in the days, you know, and I wanted to go get my siblings and have a good time. And um uh, oh, I, I went to pick up everybody in a stolen car. And uh, that was the first time when they called me for that on uh, D not DWI, I say DWI. Um, what the what they uh, call auto theft? Uh, uh, what's the, the the name for that? Grand um, theft auto. Yeah, but but it was some it, it was something that they, they called. But um, and I remember we all got locked up when I dropped you off. And um, Punk and Mama, they was like, "Ah, oh, you ain't going around your brother Red no more." But um, you know that was a hell of an experience. And then Buddha, what you say, Bruce? Man, honestly, I can uh, I can't really say nothing bad. You taught me all my bad habits, so you know, be I mean? my bad habits be turned to good habits. <laughs> so, only thing I can remember is uh, when we stayed up on Fallen. Uh, go back to them one day. Go, go back to them damn one day because you, you was on the front with us one I, time. Oh, okay, okay. Go back there. Okay, okay, okay. See, see, back then one day he used to be part of this game called the, the Junior Skunks. <laughs> I never, I'd never forget this, right? So we used to go to this. We used to go to this uh, skating ring. Used to be on there. Oh. It's called Sports Palace, and uh, and he always come up there. His little golf hat on. Is you know what I'm saying? They used to be the junior skunks. Hat turned to the back. 
Uh, and then us little ones, we call ourselves the baby skunks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the baby skunks. So, so it was the skunk, the junior skunk, then the baby skunks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we just we just sped off, you know what I'm saying? Sped off, right? Because he was the big brother. I mean, we just followed his footsteps. We just did, you know, whatever he was seeing him do. That's what we did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then... um um I remember one time we were standing on Del Mar and uh, some guys came out of the courts and they were shooting at me. I was on the front with Nikki now. That was my little girlfriend back in the days. And we were standing out there and I think Booty, you was out there and Sherry and Poochie you know? and the guys got the shooting and uh, they shot up, you know, shot up the house. And right. um, the uh, next, well, a couple of days later, these same guys came over and Peaches, you was going with Jerome at the time. Uh-huh. And, um, and there was a few people I remember. It was like the family, and some somehow Dre and Uncle Bruce, and everybody was over there at that particular day. And uh, these guys came over again, and um, you know, my um, um, you know, it was like a big fa- family fight. You know, walking yeah. fighting all these teenagers. They like y'all trying to kill my nephew, and you know, it was a big, you know, it was some crazy stuff. And um, you know, that's a brother from the Lou. Say, yep, that's the Lou. And um, uh, Lejane, what about your memories, man? Well, my memories, let's say, we say bad habits. Well, I learned my bad <laughs> habits from all of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Not you, not you, Peaches, but, but from all my brothers. You know what I'm saying? My bad habits come from there. Well, my memories, um, let's say. So, hold on, you got two things on because you echoing. If you got two different no, I ain't things got, on. No, I ain't got nothing else on. Oh. But, no, I hear something. Coming back in, but oh, uh, like some back But yeah, it, it it was all y'all that did something to me. But the one memory now, the day that you got locked up, I remember that. Now I'm not gonna tell you that I was mad because I at that point in time I really didn't know. You know, I was I was still I don't even know I was what second third grade or something at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, I was I was in little penny loafers trying to tap dance at that point in time. You know, and I I seen you I I, I seen you I I remember Jerome too, Peaches. But mm, okay, the one thing the one <laughs> yeah 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 the one thing the one thing I remember though, bro, is when uh one day, mom and my daddy was in there with you. Now they made us stay in the kitchen. You know that little swing door on Delmar that take you right there into the kitchen. You know how mm-hmm. to. Little swing door into the kitchen, but you was in there in the living room, and my daddy punching you in your chest. You, I don't know what you did. I, I have no clue what you did, bro. But and, and you wouldn't. You had probably one tear come down your face, you know. But you was you had you know how you do your little tongue right. thing back in the day. Hold it down. Oh right. man, I'm just saying. You know you, you know how you look when you right. know what I'm saying when you mad. You know, uh, and uh, and you standing there like you just ready to hit my daddy in his face. You know what I'm saying? And that could have been one of the times that you decided to run away. You know what I'm saying? But that was a uh, that was one of those times that uh, I seen like you interacting with my daddy, and then as I got older. I went through the exact same thing. You know what I'm saying? With my daddy. You know what I'm saying? But it still stemmed from that day. Your antics. And outside of that, I ain't really have no bad or negative uh, uh, experiences with you. 
You know what I'm saying? Because you used to just, you know, take us up to the pavilion on Westminster. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, me and Rick Moe, you know what I'm saying? We stayed with you a lot for some reason, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, so for me, it was just good experiences at that point in time outside of once you got locked up and and once you got out, you know, uh, well, you wasn't on that no more. Right. All right. You know. and then what you say? What? You won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about an experience we had when we was younger. We can't hear you. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what, what kind of experience we had when we was younger? Yeah. yeah. Dude, she, man, we did everything. We twins. What you talking about? Yeah. It ain't nothing you couldn't do that I didn't know about or was if I wasn't there with you. Right, right. And I'm going to tell you, so Cornell was a sneaky brother, right? He'd do something, but I would get in trouble for it, right? And all that stuff was not my fault. And my mama, she, if her weed came up missing, Red did it. The money came up missing, Red did it. Whatever red <laughs> did anything and all that stuff. I did a lot of that, but I didn't do all of that. And sometimes children, if you got multiple children out there, you know, you may have your quote unquote favorite. It, it might sound crazy as a parent, but y'all know what I'm talking about. If y'all got five, six children, it's that one that you say, that's my favorite. That's my good child. He don't get in no trouble. They get good grades in school, this and that. Then you got that child that, damn, just get on your nerve every time they turn, you turn around, they driving you crazy. So you don't want to deal with that. So oftentimes you blame that person a lot. So now, now, now what y'all didn't know was this right here. Listen, when I when we started, I say I felt like I was adopted. So remember, the first time I ran away from home was 1977. I can remember that was in first grade, six years old. We were staying on Cabinet. And um, I stole from the store and I was coming home, and my mama called me coming home from the store. I had white powder. I stole some white powder oh, donuts from the local grocery store. Mr. Ellis. You, you. Huh? It was me and you. Remember, Miss Ellis give us um, credit because until mom got our food stamps, right? So she my mom would take us up there, he'd give us meat, lunch meat, whatever, until she get our food stamps, and then we would, you know, she'd pay them back at the first of the month, right? But then right. I'm gonna need donuts. My mama, she like, I'm finna kid you, boy. So as fate have it, she had to go pee. She had to go use the bathroom. She went in the bathroom. I went out the back door. I'm like, I ain't gonna get no more whooping with no stinting cars and none of that kind of stuff. And this was about eight, nine o'clock in the morning, and they didn't find me until 1 a.m., 1:30 a.m. the next morning, and they found me in the liquor store stealing. At 1:30 in the morning, I was six years old, and I look back on that time. I look at my children. I'm like, damn, if my children at six years old to be gone all day, I'll be crazy as hell right now. I'll be man, I'll, I'll be stressed out. But I did that. And not, not once, but twice and many times. And then I was on the news. And, you know, then we have Amber Lewis back then. Then they put you on the news, a missing child or whatever, you know? So mm -hmm. let's talk about that time I went to Chicago. I, I know y'all was old enough. Y'all remember that. That time I ran away many times. But my, but my right. point with running away was y'all didn't know why I used to run away. See, I used to feel, you know, my mama had, you know, she has a couple of boyfriends, James <laughs> Hennigan, you know, and, and y'all remember this. I stayed in so much trouble. One time I got in trouble and James Hennigan had smacked me. He smacked me so hard in my face that his fingerprints was in the side of my face. And I remember I fell on the steps that when we was on cabinet. You know, we had them, them steps up there on cabinet. I fell down the steps 
and I was heated. I was, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get him and mom. That's, we ain't gonna talk about that, that incident right there. But I was heated. And um, that was the first time I felt like, man, I've been abused. I'm, I'm being misused. So I didn't like my mama. I don't like her boyfriend. I ain't like none of them because I felt like you letting these cats beat me like this. And because I'm the bad child of quote unquote, I don't say black sheep, I'm gonna say white sheep. Cause I was a white sheep by the family. I was the one always getting into it, getting you know, getting in trouble and things like that. But I felt like really bad, and I didn't feel like I was a part of the family. I felt, man, sometimes I think like the hell with everybody. I don't want to be around none of them. Cause my mama, she's come so. And when I look back on it, somewhat I understand. Cause my mother was young when she had all of us, right? My mama was 20 years old when she had five children. She didn't have a lot of education, and some. I'm thinking now she felt like. If a man come with her and five children to take care of her children, you better act right because I don't want to run this man off, so to speak. Because you're a thug. Right. You're a thug and all that. So I kind of understand that now as a man. But when you're a child, you ain't trying to hit none of that. Hey, he hit me. You ain't my daddy. Right. I'm going right. him. Mama, what's wrong with you? You know, you ain't want to hear all that. But it was a time where enough was enough. I, I got kicked out of high school, went to rehab, drug rehab, juvenile. Then I decided to go to Chicago to, to, to see and meet the Honorable Minister Louis Farcom but I hitchhiked up there. Do y'all remember that experience? I will preach yeah. to you. Yeah. Do you, you, you remember it, Buddha? Cornel, y'all remember that? Nah, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, you know I remember. I think I gave you some money before you left. You owe me. <laughs> And so I'm gonna tell you, so so so, so here's the circumstances that was going on at that time, right? I got I, I was in, in drug rehab at Kelly on the Devon Grand. I got I was in that year, and then I got I got kicked out of Sodan and then went to Roosevelt, I got kicked out of Roosevelt. And uh, at this time, my mom and Jane took me to Malcolm Blitz, that's the mental hospital in St. Louis, y'all. They took me to Malcolm, they said he gotta be crazy as hell. Cause we beat the boy, he do everything. The boy got to be here. He got to have a mental problem. They took me to a mental hospital. They shot me over Thorazine and all that kind of stuff. And it really affected me. And they were saying like, we, we, we got to send you to, to a, a juvenile facility until you grown because you can't work and you can't go to school no more. So at that time, um, Uncle Butchie, Gregory Muhammad, give me a cassette tape of Farrakhan, 1985 Madison Square Garden tape. I listened to the tape. I had seen counselors, therapists, psychiatrists. I seen all them people. I'm thinking, can't none of these people help me? I called my uncle. I said, man, what fair can I live? He told me to live. I'm so young and naive. I thought I can catch the local bus to Chicago. I get on the bus to catch the bus all the way to East St. Louis, get off the bus, or just take me and start walking. And when I'm walking, I'm asking people, how far Chicago from here? They're like, Chicago. They're like, dude, like 300 miles from Chicago. I say, well, what direction is in? I start hitchhiking. I walked down the highway. Now, this is a story most of y'all have probably never heard all the details of that story. So I'm walking down. I had a straight razor in my pocket because I did a burglary a couple days before. So I had a, a couple <laughs> of straight razors that the, that the barber used to shave, shave people with, right? And I had a black jacket that had a Playboy on it. I'm walking. I get in the car with a Hispanic lady. She takes me so far. I get in the car with this old white dude. I'm going to steal this car. I do a car jacking way back in the day and drive to Chicago, right? But I decided not to cut him up and take his car. But but I, that, that was on my mind. Then I get to walking down Highway 55. I'm walking and I'm, I'm hitchhiking. Nobody picking me up. I walk about 10 miles. I get tired. I go on the side of the road and fall asleep on the side of the road. It's raining. I'm asleep. I'm tired. I'm like, damn, I don't know where I'm at. Way up in Illinois somewhere. Oh, my God. And, 
All you gotta do is click your camera back on. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and um, so okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all the right. way over there in, um, in Illinois, and I'm asleep on the side of the highway. And it's a man coming to me as I'm asleep, and I jump up and put my hand in my pocket. And it's an old black dude who's a truck driver. And he said, hey, hey, hey. He said, man, you know, why are you out here? I, I, I lied to him. I say, man, my parents burnt up in a fire. And my grandmama lived in Chicago. I got to go live with my grandmama. She don't know that my mom and them died in the fire, right? And the man looking at me, he looking at my hand in my pocket. He said, well, I'm going that way. But if you got any weapons, I can't really take you with me because I don't want you to hurt me. And so I look at the man that size him up. I say, well, I'll give him this razor because I'm cold and I'm hungry. And I said, if he tries him, I'm going to knock him out, right? I said, I'm going to deal with this old man right here, right? So I get a man to raise it. We go to Chicago. And it was a, he was a pleasant. He had, he had some grandchildren that went to Jenny's high school. So we were talking about Jenny. I'm like, man, my auntie bought there in Jenny's, man, and all that kind of stuff, right? Now, look, far this man was going to Chicago was right around the corner from where the temple is in Chicago. He drops me off at a hospital in Chicago, Jackson Park Hospital. I go in the waiting room, he give me $20. I go in the waiting room and just fall asleep. Like I, I, I live there. There's a lot of people in there. I go on the floor and just fall asleep. The next morning, I get up, I walk outside, and I'm, I'm looking at Chicago. I'm like, man, I'm in a whole other city. I ain't got no money. I ain't got nothing. The man did give me $20, though. I walked down, down the street, and there was two people cleaning up the cleaning up the outside of the temple where the Mas Mariam is now. And um, I go in there, and it, it was a long story. Never needed to say. I did get a chance to meet Farrakhan at that time. And it was crazy. I was in the final call building and one of the Muslim brothers called, called, called my mom and them. I told him I ran away from home. And then James, uh, James answered the phone and he was talking. He said, you look thug. When you come back, we still locking you up. You going to juvenile and all that. I throw the phone down and say, man, I want to talk to that dude, man. And uh, the Muslim brother was like, hey, man, you know, we, we just trying to get your son back home and this and that. But it was, it was at that time where I really fell in love with the minister and the mission. I had heard about it before, but you know, going to the temple, going to the mosque, coming up, but it, I fell in love with the minister and it, it, it kind of shifted my thinking, even though I was still crazy and thugging and stuff like that. Now, when I came back, that's not me, my father. Prior to that, me and Cornell, we didn't know how Lanier looked. I know I didn't. I never seen the picture of him before. I, I just heard his name, knew, knew he used to steal pocketbooks and rob people and all that. That's the only thing I heard about my daddy when I was coming up, right? But when <laughs> I come back from Chicago, after I meet the minister, I meet my father. And when I meet my father, he takes me over Alicia Calvin house. This is my younger sister. And I meet her, and I was like, man, I got a little sister. She was like the joy of my life. She was little and bony. She weighed like six pounds, soaking wet. And she was, you know, <laughs> pretty and everything. You know? <laughs> But that was the backdrop of why I used to run away so much. I used to run away because I used to think I'm, I'm getting beat. Hell, and ain't nobody, my mama ain't helping. She ain't protecting me. That's why, like, when I was younger, and there's people out there, that's what we got to watch what you do, you do your children. I've never said this live before, ever, ever, ever. It was a time that I had in my mind that I was going to destroy physically my mother and her boyfriend. And PGI, y'all recall when I was coming up, mom, mom would always say, um, Rig, he certified, he got a green card, you know, he went to Malcolm Bliss, but I, I went into the bedroom of my mama and James Hennigan with a butcher knife, and I was going to get both of them, they had beat me with a tension card this day, and I had in my mind at a young age, I'm getting both of them, I'm getting both of them, and I walked in there, my mama opened her eyes up and stole me, boy, like, she probably kept on the street, and they both double-teamed me, I'm 70 years old, 17 years old. 
They fucking me. I, I, I go up on the bed, my mama kicked, and she kicked that uh, leg on one of the iron rails. They threw that bed over and got the same of me like this dude and lost his mind. And that was the first time he took me to a mental hospital. But I did that because as a child, I felt like it was it, it, it was unjust. That it was just unjust. That I was being treated unfairly. Even though I was bad as hell, I felt like, damn it, I ain't gonna be beat like that though. Damn, y'all ain't gotta sit in cars and baseball bats and brooms and plunges and you know, just yell at right. me a little bit. You know, I felt unjust. Ray, Ray, yeah. You ain't the only one got hit with that shit. I know everybody feels, but I'm saying how I felt though. <laughs> but this is what I want to say to the Facebook audience who if they're listening. I hate to, you know, I, I do have my master's in psychology. And what psychology states is it takes seven years to blend a family. And within those seven years, you're not supposed to let step parents discipline your biological children. And this is a, a pure example why. And if you think about, if everybody just think right now about the trauma that they have suffered in their life, of course, some biological parents have bestowed it upon their children, but most of the trauma comes from step parents. And not because the step-parent ain't loving and they not trying to do what's best for the child, but you have to think of the generation that they came behind. The generation they came behind was just behind that slavery cutoff mentality where all they knew was to beat children and beat people and make them obey. And that's where the word whooping come from. It's a derivative of the word whipping. And so when you when, when you got those people that all they did were come from beatings because they came from beatings and because they came from beatings, you don't let them discipline a child that is already gone astray or gone amok. And then two, now this is just a little Lisa-ism, watch who you had your kids by. Because what your mama didn't realize is you was 50% DNA Lonnell Robinson. And you mm. know he hell. <laughs> I love my daddy, but we all got 50% crazy in us because my daddy a piece of work now. So when you discipline your children, sometimes you have to just take a step back and think about what you're dealing with. And and you know, nothing against Mama Cherry, because I love Mama Cherry with, with hey, that's my birthday twin. So I understand her. But th there is not nobody out there that can say they ever got to discipline my children, and for that reason, right there. Because we grew up with that trauma from step parents, and I had enough of that. The book stopped with me. Well, you know, I I would say step parents who unbalanced and stuff like that, because I think I think it got something to do with development. Because some parents crazy as hell and beat the hell out. Exactly. And, and sometimes the step parent would be the one to step in and be like, hey, 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 because they grew up and they matured, right? And sometimes the parent deal with so much trauma that 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 that's unresolved that that they ain't faced. Because if they was beat. Then, and they mama was beat, and they mama was beat. That's all they know, right? But sometimes, uh, so, so I, I don't know if it's a step parent per se. But what I'm saying is, it takes seven years to blend a family, and right. we shouldn't take that blending into the children until we got it together as the adults. When we mm -hmm. get it together, then we can start bringing the kids in and seeing what we need to do for them. Because if I come from trauma and you don't, man, you got to get some things straight. And when you going into relationships. That's one thing you do not discuss. What is your philosophy of discipline children? How many of us ask, how do you discipline children? Right. None of us ask that. And yeah. so, is that, you know, as we learn, we live and we get better. 
And so I'm putting that out to the audience to get better. You got to discuss these things before you talk about blending a family. You got to make sure you blend it first. And it, it could, it could, you know, it could happen way before seven years. But psychology takes says it states seven years, and I don't know what the seven is about. But if you think about relationships that you have been in, and you think about that seven year mark, for some reason at that seventh year mark, things got better and the transitions got smooth. Just, hum, well, just, just ponder on that for a minute. Okay, I like that right there, and and and, and I want to hear like like everybody take on that. But I would say to that, because you know, I, I like to challenge some of the the, the, the the psychology, especially of Caucasian people. And I know that back in the days in the black community, we did have an extended family where it was mama, auntie, uncle, cousin. It was all kind of people. And y'all remember back in the days where we, our, our parents would say, if you got in trouble, damn it, the neighbor, neighbor whooping your ass, the person around the corner whooping your ass, everybody whooping your yeah. ass. And then you come home, and your mama, you right. get another book from your mama, right? Everybody right. did it. But the difference is it wasn't abusive. It wasn't like we were so overwhelmed where we took all our frustration out on the child. It was a straight discipline. I think nowadays what happened in our generation, probably with the crack ep epidemic, I don't know, but probably around that time when crack really hit the community, I think now parents are so out of control that we take all the frustration out on the children. We just don't discipline them. We take the, our work problems, our financial problems, our relationship problems. We take everything out on the children and we really beat the hell out of them. We break their arms, we abuse them and stuff like that. Whereas back in the days, we had more of a support system within our community and it wasn't that level of stress. So I think part of that is the level of stress that we deal with that's unchecked and uncontrolled. But Peaches and Lil James and Buddha, what y'all think about that? Let me just expound on what you said about the oh, level of stress. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You hold said on. your mama was 20 years old with five kids. She was dealing with a hell of level of stress. Ain't no doubt. Yes. Ain't no doubt. So, so. So my point is, I think that sometimes it's a level of stress that many of us deal with. Because I look at now people who are older, like, I don't know. I think I was the youngest one when Anissa was born. And then Peaches had a baby, then Lip Boot, Cornet. All of us got babies grown now. But look how young you was when you start having children. And look how undeveloped we were when we were young and undeveloped. And we did make mistakes. We probably beat them a little bit. We said a little thing. If you look at your relationship with Lil' Key Peaches, your relationship with Jasmine Buddha or your older children, Lil' James, your relationship with, with, with James Jr., you know, we made mistakes, hell, because we ain't perfect parents. We ain't have no manual to say, here's, the, here's how you do it. But as we grow, we get better. We say, man, let me do something a little different. If you got grandchildren now, you really know what I'm saying, because now you like, that, that, them like your homies right now. It, it ain't, they can right. do wrong, like that. But right. Right. I like that point mm -hmm. you're saying. Peaches, y'all, what y'all think about that? Buddha? Well, well, I, I just say it like this, you know, uh, you know, our parents didn't really, they ain't had no manual either. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have no manual to go by. You know, I, I mean, they parents didn't have no manual to really go by. You know, if you go back, you look at Nanny, you look at Mama, you look at my daddy, you know, you look at our aunties and our uncles and you will see that they was just, they was all young, the same way we were when we were young, having kids and coming along. And we, it's a, it's a, like, you learn from what you was taught and you try and change some of the things that you didn't like about what went on with you as a child. You know what I'm saying? So like you talking about with my son. Okay. So my, my son, yeah, I, I, to me, I kind of messed up with him. He ain't no bad dude. But I messed up with him because I turned around and did the exact same thing that 
my daddy did to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not trying to do it, not trying to do it, but circumstances made it happen. You know what I'm saying? Which was like when he had basketball games, I couldn't make the basketball games, couldn't go to the basketball games, or didn't have the money to go to the basketball games. Most of the time, I'm working. Same with my daddy. Okay, I'm trying to do sports. I'm trying to do the right thing. He can't come to no football games. He can't, you know what I'm saying? He can't He can't come see what's up. Okay, all he know about my, my relationship with him is just discipline. Discipline. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mom's them, mom them, you know, for people who don't know, I got two mothers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and to me, they still... Now, one biological, but they both biological to me. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I know. But to me, they were not nurturing. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have a a nurtured side to me. All I got is the hard side. You know what I'm saying? The the side just from a man's point of view. You know what I'm saying? And and go about it that way. So when 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 it comes to my grandkids now, you know what I'm saying? Now, the only thing that really keep me sound and, 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 and on point is my wife. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Cause see, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can, I can hear you. Yeah. Well, it looks like red froze up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Still there? Yeah, yeah. You froze up. Yeah. There we go. Okay, so like I said, my wife, you know what I'm saying? She the one that helped me out, especially when it comes to my grandkids and try and keep things uh, uh, subtle. You know what I'm saying? Because even even with my grandkids, you know, I'm in a good position now. You know, I could spoil the crap out of I couldn't spoil my kids. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I can try and spoil my kids now, even though they all grown. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, they kind of hurt my pockets. You know what I'm saying? But uh. It don't really matter, right. you know, but my my thing is, you know, ain't really no no playbook on how you going to uh, raise your kids, how you going to see your kids. Bro, you told me when I was going through the things with my son, you know, you said one thing that really helped the situation out was. At some point, you know, what I'm saying kids think for themselves, it ain't nothing you could say. It ain't nothing you could do. You know what I'm saying? That's going to change what it is they thinking. You know what I'm saying? It, it just become a point where where where, where you got to kind of sort of just let it be. You know what I'm saying? And, and try and guide through what it is that they doing. You know, and I, 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 I did that with my oldest kids, my youngest kids, and I just didn't let it, let it roll. You know what I'm saying? So, really... That's all I got to say about it, though, right there. Well, man, that's a good point right there. And I remember, and then Peach, you know, I wasn't hipping you on Boot and Cornell on, on this, but I remember one time, Lisa, um, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember when Rockman was in daycare, in, in Mr. Davis and daycare. And um, I, at that time, I was a single dad, I and mean, I had the custody of my four children, Kapani, Shakira, Rockman, and Rashid, right? And mm-hmm. I thought I had to be hard as hell on my sons, right? I, I I wasn't a compassionate type. I ain't gonna be hugging you. I took care of them. Y'all know I kept them clean. I provided for them. I kept their hair cut. I had them looking good and all that. But I wasn't nurturing though. It wasn't no nurturing side to me, right? 
And I remember one time, uh, Lisa came out to one of the concerts that Rockmonder was having in the daycare. And I told him, I, it's a pet peeve for children to be dirty. I don't like people who have dirty children. I don't, don't be having no, if you looking good, your children should be looking better, you know, to me, right? right. You shouldn't right. be cleaning your children dirty as hell. So in my mind, I took it to the extreme though. So Kapani was playing and I say, hey, look y'all, don't, don't be playing because I don't want y'all to waste this stuff all on y'all. Before the thing, so he playing, he wastes juice all over him. He looked dirty and bummy, right? So I started cussing him out. Boy, I told your ass, I'm, I'm heated. It was Lisa that looked at me and said, bruh, he's six years old. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell you think you do? And then at that point, right. Like, what was I doing at six? I was down there breaking the houses at six. So go right to right. away from where I, where I come from, right? But I remember, I, I never I never forget that because it was like a wake-up call, like, damn. I was being so <laughs> nurturing to my son. And to this day, Kapani and our relationship, we ain't bad, but it ain't like it could be. Because he felt right. like I was too hard on him coming up. He felt like, man, like you ain't give me no mercy. You ain't show me no love. And it wasn't intentional. I tried to provide for him and work and do what I had to do, but I didn't come nurturing, you know. And but I learned my lesson now. But Buddha, what you got to say about that? You, you and PJ. Before Buddha, do y'all remember Red had them babies? They used to run to the door and stand like soldiers and open the car door for me. And Red would be like, them my little soldiers. I'd be like, no, them my baby nephews. They four sixty-two. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. Right, you go around. I used to have to sneak them some real food because you could just feed them cereal out of the bag. I felt bad. <laughs> hey, I wasn't a good cook. Man. I wasn't a good cook back in them days. But but, but, but Pete, let's talk about let's talk about you and and, and Lil Key because I remember when I came home. Um, I, I did live 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 with my big sister for a few months. Um, my Pete, my sister Pete, you lined up there, and I remember watching you get on the bus early in the morning. Catch the bus to look keep daycare and then catch the bus to work. You had to get up at four o'clock in the morning. And I, I admired that so damn much. I'm tired as hell. I'm like, she get up four o'clock in the morning, do this shit every day. And she did that for years before she got a car. I don't even know you had a drive license back then. I don't even think you had a license back then. But I seen you catch right. the bus, really struggle. And I seen you really, you know, you was kind of rough on Lil' Key too, you know. So, you know, let's talk yeah. about that parenting and things you learned because now you got a daughter now, Leah. And you know, I think it's somewhat, but, but you still kind of rough though. You know, you still peaches. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. She always called me the mean parent. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, it was rough back then. It was. I mean, but I kind of learned that from my mama. You know, she was hardcore. She kept it one hundred. She kept it raunchy, whatever. She didn't sugarcoat nothing. So right. I just felt like you know. I'm raising my son pretty much by myself, so I, I just gotta, hey, be hard with it. But I mean, I ain't mean to be, but that's just how I was. I was just a very serious person. I was about my business and I knew I had to do it by myself. So, you know, I was kind of hard on my child or whatever. And then I was like working, like you said, I was catching a bus. I was working two jobs actually, you know, catching a bus. And it got to a point where Lil' Keith was missing me. You know, I was headed to my second job one time and he started crying. He just ran up to me, holding on to my legs, crying, saying, Mama, I don't want you to go because he never see me. My mama would always keep him. So I was just like, I got to make this money. But, you know, 
I'm so tired that I can't even cash the checks. I was literally putting my checks up under my mattress of my bed, too tired to even go cash them. So it's just one day, it just hit me when he crying and holding me. I said, I got to get this up. It's not even worth it. My son, I see me, he calling my mama, mama. And so when he say mama, both of us saying, yeah, what? Because we don't know who he calling mama, you know? But mm -hmm. I just like, yeah, it, it's just too much, you know? But I raised him the best I could, you know? And I think he, he turned out pretty decent, you know, considering the fact that I was working all the time, you know? So I yeah. think he turned out pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's good. And then Buddha, what you mm -hmm. gotta say? Buddha and Cornell, Buddha, let's go with you. Well, you know, you know my story, you know, uh, I was led to the streets, you know what I mean? So when I was led to the street, I had I had my first daughter when I was, I made my first daughter when I was 15. And, you know, yeah, I know. So we all we all got those grown kids now. Like I say, my baby's gonna be 30, and I'm just 45, so you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> get you know, up. Yeah. So, you right. know, that was that was it was a game changer. Hold on, let that help me. Just yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if I look right. at a young, it's all the ballet I use, but you know, I'm 45. Yeah, right. you know what I'm right, yeah. But with that, you know, I, when I, you know, it, it 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 was a game changer, mainly when it came to uh step perms, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, uh only I, I remember James Hennigan. I don't really remember him so much of, of being abusive to me, but I remember James, uh, but he wasn't really so much abusive either. He was just mean as hell, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But when I when I got a teenager, you know what I'm saying, I was led to the streets at an early age, you know, because uh, I, I looked for a different thing than role model. Red, you had left, you know what I'm saying, use my role model, you know what I'm saying, once you had left and went to prison, I was I was pretty much defeated for myself because I ain't had nobody. Cornell, Cornell was a girl chaser, Little Bit was a girl chaser. So they they, they were my big brothers, but hey, I thought I was a big brother, you know what I'm saying? So when I got off into the streets, then the street life, you know what I'm saying? When I had, had Jasmine you know, at, at 15, my world just changed. You know what I'm saying? But I'm so far in the street that, hey, this is the only thing I know. You know, this is the only thing I know to do is, is go out there and sell my drugs and take care of my baby. Now, <laughs> she didn't have, didn't want for nothing. You know, that's one thing I can say. That you know, I, I was I was there in her life, uh, and I wasn't gonna let nobody else be pretend to be daddy or nothing like that. I, I, I still I, I still don't agree with that. Like at least I just don't believe in that that step kid crap. I don't, I don't I don't believe in. So that's why I always wanted to beat up for my children and give them a life that I didn't have. And right now today, I, I still still do that. You know, what I'm saying if my kids want my children call and, and say they need this or we need this, I'm I'm there because I want them to understand. The importance of having a real father. You call your father anything, and that's and that's. I've been put in a position now, whereas that any of my children call right now and day, I'm up, I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? There's no no if ands or buts about it, because regardless of the fact they older, they don't make no difference to me. I'm still here, and I'm still gonna provide for them. You know, with, with you know, that's all I really have to say, man. Uh, with that, I just you know them step that step stuff. I just don't I don't I don't, I don't cope with that stuff too good anyway. Right, Connor, you got something to say on this? Man, y'all don't <laughs> want to hear what I got. Yeah, to we say. do. Because I feel okay. I, I feel totally different. 
but but my situation is different from y'all's. You know, I, I had some crazy ass baby mamas. Mm-hmm. So with me, it's different seeing my kids and not seeing my kids. All my kids know that I would go broke for their ass. But then it got to a point where only time I hear from them, I won't. I need. Can I have? Give me. But then when, when I ain't got it to give, I hear shit like, oh, you ain't shit. Like my mama said, and you don't do shit for us. And, and I, I, why should I do something for you after you just told me I wasn't shit? <laughs> but then you, after you told me I ain't shit, you called me a week later saying what you need. Yeah. And you know that opens up a, a, a whole another discussion when, when it is um, a, a quote unquote step parent. I don't like the step parents because I'm like y'all know I met women that had babies. You know when I met. You know, Rachman Rashid, it was five babies, and then Yolanda had three. So I never had a problem with taking care of children that that wasn't mine, and really looking out for them, giving them guidance, and you know, supporting them, and so much so that many of them to this day they still will call me pops, like Johnny them and Raheem them. I, I mean, you know, we still got a good relationship to this day, even though I'm not biological their father. But I do remember when when some parent, especially mothers, when you separate from from your from the the, the child's father. And you start saying, you know, the daddy ain't shit. And you tell this to the children, how that affects the child and they thinking, you know, like, because I, I know coming up, I, I don't think I heard nothing positive about my daddy when I was coming up, like nothing. Whereas Lisa, my little sister here, Alicia, we had the same father. She was raised knowing my father, but we didn't meet him on there. We didn't meet him until we were 14 years old. You remember we caught the bus over to East St. Louis and Tisha and Ken were sitting on the front porch and all that. The first day we met him and, um, that was we 14 years old, but Lisa had a different experience. He was come get her and take her, take her with him and things like that. But it's something about um, when the mother, when you separate from the father, you start putting in the children's mind something negative about the father. You don't know because even though, see, I, I look at it like this. I might not be a good person, a good husband or a good boyfriend. That don't mean I ain't a bad, that don't mean I'm a bad father though. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and sometimes the women get that construed. Because I may have cheated on you. I, I, I mean, maybe I was a hoe. I, I'm, I'm just being raw with that, right? Maybe I was a hoe and, and I, I, I like multiple women. But that don't mean I ain't going to take care of my children, though. That don't mean I ain't going to beat up for my children. I won't ride down for my children. And too often, women, I've seen, not, not all the time, but a lot of times, women, because they, 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 they look at their relationship with the man and they transpose that on the same thing with the chip. He ain't about shit. He a liar. He a, he, 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 and the man may have our love for the children. So that's and it creates an imbalance in the child's mind. They grow up like, hell, we don't need no daddy then. You know, hell with him, we don't need no father. So, you know, most of us on this call with Liz James and Lisa, y'all the only one, all the rest of us, we didn't really grow up without biological father like that. Like in well, but you know what? I still grew up in the household where my mom couldn't stay at my daddy. Although he came and got me on the weekends, she dogged him on a daily basis, boy. I'm glad yeah. I didn't know him because my mama told me on a daily basis, your daddy ain't crap. He ain't never been crap. You just like your daddy. And it, it, all my life when she used to say, you just like your daddy, I took it as an insult until I got older. And I realized that she never learned to distinguish the relationship that he had with her as a mate against the one that he had with me. Because my daddy, I was a daddy's girl. I am a daddy's girl. 
And and so when she started tell when when she would say you just like your daddy, I would take that as an insult. But now I take it as a compliment because what my daddy is is very now my daddy is more nurturing than my mother any day. My daddy tell us he loved you can't get off the phone with my daddy without him saying I love him, without him hugging you, without him stressing his my daddy think his kids the shiznit. And and so I got that nurturing side from my father. And and so to say I'm just like my daddy, thank you. I take that as a compliment. Right. And, and so PJ, what you say about that? I know I, I know growing up, so you know, just for the for the listening audience, my mother had children by, by by different men. So most of the siblings, we have different fathers. And then Lisa, we had the same father, but our father had children by was it five or six different women? It's something like that. It's five or six different women. I'll probably baby by six. So, you know, when you got that kind of reality like that, I know Peaches, when we was coming up, um, Larry would come over and he'll buy, buy you stuff. He'd buy you like water beds and, you know, yeah. he had money. So, you know, we used to be in me like, damn. I mean, like, man, I had daddy come on buy all that. My daddy didn't come back. <laughs> and, and sometimes we had to give up that a little bit, you know. But, right. but your daddy, when he would come over, he'll be. I would always be like, "Let me give me some money," and Larry would always give me a couple of dollars and something like that, you know. And he didn't come around all the time, but when he came, it was like damn Christmas almost. It, you know, it, it was gifts, and he he came with, with some things. But but, but how did that affect you coming up? Well, actually, now that you say something about that, supposedly I actually had two daddies <laughs> for real. <laughs> uh, you remember Lamont Blakely? Right. Because yeah. I had, my name was Yolanda Blakely. I had his last name. But I looked nothing like his family. So I'm like, that couldn't have been my daddy. But for some reason, my mom gave me his last name. But Larry Ford was the one that always claimed I was his daughter. So deep down inside, I wondered if either one of them was my daddy for real. <laughs> I, I guarantee you. I mean, I wasn't for sure. Now, Lamont, like I said, I didn't look like his family. But then Larry, he loved me so much. He was messing with my mama, you know, around the time. So he just said I was his daughter. So I'm not even sure that was my daddy, you know. I'm just going by what she say. But we never took a blood test. And I felt like I didn't look like him for real. So I don't know. Yeah. Could be my daddy. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> and that opens a whole other door because I, I think Buddha got some experience with, with something like that. And I, I want to hear from you, Buddha, on this because right. it's something when 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 our mothers are somewhat promiscuous right. and it is what it is. You know that they, they was you know they, they was on the little I ain't gonna go there, but they was a little promiscuous. I say it like that, right? Right. And they don't know who the daddy is sometimes, and they put it up on a man and you know and all that. So. Yes. You know, what's your experience with that? Because I, I know, you know, he started, he shared something with me just another about a year or so ago. I'm like, man, I've been knowing you all my life. I never knew that. But he shared something with me about being in his relationship that I never knew. Come on, Buddha, with that. Well, this this like you say, you know, with your mother. I don't like to bash my mom because I know she was just one of those little wild little, little women back in the day. Didn't have no guidance. But hell, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she was a freak. I, that's why I, 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 I could get out of there. <laughs> you ain't going to call her a no freak. freak Hold on, brother. I'm just saying. I'm just, I just out there. She was not a freak. She was doing her. She was doing her. I'm there just, you I'm go. Just, I'm just, I'm just, 
But the thing <laughs> is, a man a freak because he got multiple baby yes. moms. Yes, yes, we are. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just mailing. But the thing was, like, say, I really like, I'm just like my sister. I really don't know who my biological father is. Um, I was, I, I was told that you know that that Benny George was my dad, but then uh, uh, coming up, he always like. You know, disclaim me. He always used to come get like Libin. I was Libin was on here. He always come get my brother Libin. Don't never come get me. You know, they they sneak off with each other. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's nothing that led me to the streets. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, I'm your son. You you come and sneak and get one, but don't come get other. You know what I'm saying? That didn't make sense. So it affected me in a way uh, that I just like, damn, I don't need no. That's why I just start doing the things that I want to do my own self because I didn't need no man. But speaking of uh, uh, that, where I had another encounter, and I think my red went with me. Uh, the other guy used to be my was supposed to be my dad. Right, I mean, like right now, day I I still don't know because we never took a blood test or nothing. If I need some, you know, I, I don't know who my dad is, but uh, his name was Jesse. Uh, he was a police uh, at the Seventh District Police Department over on on, on uh, off Rifle Union, and I remember me and Red went up there. I was telling Red, man, I want to go up there and see him. And I went up there, asked for him. He was a detective. And I asked for him, this and that and other. And then uh, they, they came, they took us to the back and uh, brought him around. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You just like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm Buddha. I'm your son. The man looked at me like I had shit on me. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't none of my son. You know what I'm saying? So it, it hit me, it hit me so hard where I never, I never even went back again because it hurt my feelings so bad where I'm like, damn, I don't know who my dad is, which is a bad thing. And I even asked my mom, like, mom, who is my dad? She couldn't really answer. The you know, so the, the thing is, is man, I'm just, it, it hurts. That's why now I want to make sure, you know, things that I do, I, I the mistakes that, that, that was brought to us as kids, I don't want to make that mistake for my children. You know what I mean? I want my children to know who I am, well, hell, you, but now how, how strong our genes is, see, I, I just know, we know our children. What you got to do? Look at, yeah, 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 that's your. Yeah. That boy gone. He clicked off. What? Yeah. Probably and, by accident. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's something, um, Corner, you want to add to that? About relationship with father and stuff like that? Nah, man, because you know, I, I, you know how I feel about Lanier. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell you don't talk about my dad. No, I don't. I, got, I, don't hear, but I want to hear it though. I, I want to hear what you're saying because I mean, like I know when I met him, so it, it was somewhat different for most of us who wasn't. You know, when I met him, the day I met my biological father, that day I'm like, man, I got to live with you. Come on, finna have me locked up in juvenile, right? And my daddy said, yeah, you know, he he him a great. Let me come over and stay, and he came and got my stuff and all that. So that's how I started living with him. So. I used to have a just a total negative view of, of Lionel, my father. But when I started living with him, I started saying, well, he, you know, ah, right, yeah, he let me come. And he wasn't the best when I was there, in true. But like right now, he, like to, to this day, he's a lot better than what he used to be to me. He's a lot better. And we just jam now. I, you know, we talk all the time. And, you know, it kind of like, like leave that thing like, you know, we can judge our parents. I like what Lil James was saying earlier about the parents didn't have no manual. They parents didn't have no manual. We all have up in the head. And, and, and just like us, all of us can, can say we made mistakes with our children. That the ill affect them for whatever reason. They hate us. They don't want to talk to us or whatever. But 
if, if they look back on it, I look back now with my father today, I would call them often and, hey, Pops, how you doing? Check up on them and this and that. And um, I wouldn't say I got that deep emotional bond with them in truth, but it's enough to say, man, you my father. You the best of the guy I used to bring me into this world. So for that, I'm going to honor and respect you. I ain't got all them good memories. I ain't got no lot of good memories of throwing no ball with my daddy and none of that kind of stuff. But but the memories I do, I try to hold on to whatever good You memories. say you don't have no good ones. I don't have none. Not one. <laughs> Okay, not one on. memory going to the park, not mm-hmm. one memory of throwing the ball, none of that shit. My Can first memory. My first memory of him is coming down on the vert. Talk, you know, I was hustling. Let me get something. Begging and shit. <laughs> you know. And, and, and then it, me and his wife fell out because his, he lying and shit on me. So, you know, it's like, fuck my nail. Only reason I tolerate him is because, like you said, without him and moms, I wouldn't be here. And the Bible say, love your parents. That's the only reason. Right. He calls me. I don't answer sometimes. A lot of the time. <laughs> Most, Most of the time. Of the time. Right. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because he called me and be like, hey, man, you haven't caught him? I called him. him. I called him. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Yeah. But, 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 and, and, and I think that's important because, now, now, look at this. Now, so, we got parents together. All of us got, you know, parents together. But we got different views, though, right? So, and we can't—I can't say you wrong for how you feel because that's your experience, right? That's how right. you well, see. Red, red, red. Yeah. You know, me and him—if we was in the same room, five minutes, we at each other's head. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, y'all finna fight. Many times, you <laughs> popped up. Many days. <laughs> right. When I but, marry Kim, when I marry Kim, we finna fight at my wedding. <laughs> Would you like to my birthday party? With him and Lanelle was in yeah. the fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the nursing home. Yeah. But this is what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I had through my grandma's birthday party for her 85th birthday. It was a mess, but I love them all. Oh, <laughs> um, but this is what I'm gonna say, Cornelia, and and I'm not gonna force no relationship with you and Daddy at all, but. If you have a child out here, and it's for everybody, if you had a child and you know the relationship is a strain, and you as the parent were reaching out to that child to try to mend this relationship to the best it's going to be, you're too old to go out there and throw a ball or, or catch a ball. So just to mend it, just to become friends as adults, and your child, like, F that dude, I ain't got nothing for that dude because of what happened in the past. Would you really walk away from your child? Just think about y'all. How many kids you got now? 16? <laughs> I'm serious. How many you got now? 14. I got 14. 14. Okay. 14. So think about your 14 children. If I fell out with one of my children, I would truly, I would be just like my daddy and I would keep trying to make that contact whether we keep butting heads or not. Because first of all, daddy, I'm almost 70 years old. Life is too short. 
our entire but, hey, family Lisa, on this side can see I understand yes, that. I said I answer I answer this call sometimes, but not a lot. Because I don't I be mean, wanting I, to hear that shit. He, he called me drunk. He love you. Look, no, look. He called Red. He called me one day talking about I say hello. This the king. I hung he up is. on his ass. Motherfucker, you ain't my king. He is. <laughs> I'm not <talking> <laughs> So look, but <laughs> the best clause is when he drunk. Because oh, then he would just be drunk. But he ain't been drinking in a long time, though. He ain't been drinking in a long time. I, 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 I tolerate him. I try to be, I, I'm trying, but it's going to take time. That's why I because said I talk to him look, every look, now and then. the relationship that me and Brian had, though. We knew we, do, we, knew, we had daddy pre-drug, pre-drug Lanelle. We had him pre-drug when he was working and he was a father and he was coming up to the schools and he was doing this, that, and the other. So we had him pre-drugs. And then I when had he him drugs and drugs, alcoholic. When he got off drugs and, and, and alcohol, he, he was a totally different father. Totally yeah. different. And I shied away. But then when I had Tiara at the tender age of 16, um, when I had Tiara. And my daddy wanted to see my baby. I had to open the door back because he was now a grandfather to my child. And he was still on drugs. And as a matter of fact, I think he still is, even though he's saying he ain't. But he's doing a whole lot better now. And I can't say that I'm happy with the moves he made. But what I am happy for is he is trying. He tries to call his grandkids. He tried to check up on you every now and again. He can't go back and change the past, but he has apologized, and I am willing. Well, I, I'm gonna love him regardless. But and then you know, like that, right? There. So and, and, and so, I want to turn this because our mother, now you know, she was she was something else coming up. Cherry with Cherry, soldier. She was strong and this and that. Then at a certain time, she got straight up addicted to crack, right? And that crack affected her in in, in a certain kind of way. And I remember, um, you know, I got locked up during that time prior to that. But when I was locked up, you know, she got really on the drugs real tough. And so, Booty, y'all was little. Lil Jane, you were little. I remember certain things Libby told me about, you know, I mean, y'all know how it is when you're living with somebody who on, on drugs, lights off, gas off, you sell the food stamps, ain't no food in the house, and this, that, this, and that. So, do we hold that against our parents forever? Like, you know, because when, when they on drugs, they start acting a certain way. All the mother instincts sometimes leave. Damn, you ain't you ain't nurturing as no mother when you're a crackhead or you're a heroin addict or something like that. You ain't loving, you ain't nurturing, you ain't supportive. You ain't same thing with a father. Do you hold that against your parents forever? Like, like when they get on drugs and they start doing what they do, do you, you don't hold it against your mother, but you hold it against your daddy for a little bit. <laughs> no, no, but my, but see, but see, <laughs> but see, the thing, the thing about it is, you know what I'm saying? That was mom's, in, you know, for me, that was mom's in general. You know what I'm saying? She, she, she was nurturing in her own way. You know what I'm saying? But she was just rough, man. And even when the drugs, she was still the same person. You know what I'm saying? It just got a little, a, 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 a little more intense. You know she'll cuss you. She probably cuss you out a lot quicker. You know what I'm saying? But 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 it was still the same thing. You know what I'm saying? 
uh, you gonna go fight this boy. You know, you ain't you ain't you, you ain't gonna get punched in your face and not go down here right, and fight. I'm right. gonna take you back outside. You gonna, I'm gonna stand right here and watch you fight this boy. You you know what I'm saying? You 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 know it it it, it just it was for me with my experience with moms, it didn't change. I couldn't tell you that she was smoking crack. I couldn't tell you that my daddy was smoking crack. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't tell you that they were selling drugs, but I know what I seen. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see none of it, but I know what I seen. So so when when at that point in time in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? You know, all of our people had it, it really kind of messed our family up a little bit. I know a little bit. You know a what I'm saying? Lot, I seen Right. Keep it real. It fucked our family up. They ain't messing up. It fucked them up. Right. I can't say Okay. 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 So, so yeah. So, like, learning from Auntie Barbadale, you know what I'm saying? Where she was at that time to where she went to, you know what I'm saying? But for for me, Auntie Barbadale, Auntie Chinkin, they was nurturing. Moms were just, she just wasn't, she just wasn't nurturing. In her her actions, you know what I'm saying. It was more aggressive, you know what I'm saying. Like you gonna do this, you gonna do that, you gonna you gonna you gonna get good grades. You ain't gonna be acting up at school. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, you crack you you know what? The thing about everybody back then say, you know, I fall, scrape my leg up, got a cherry on my butt. Ain't nobody talking about. Oh, are you okay? They ain't. Are you okay? Well, you know you shouldn't have been doing that no way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You'll be all right. You'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? You could have been and broke your arm. Well, why was you flipping on that mattress? Not all you okay. Not hugging you. Talking about, oh, I love you, etc. So, I mean, you hear that sometimes. That's that's the TV. You... That's the TV. <laughs> Got you speaking that. <laughs> no, bro. You, I said, oh, some... you, you seen that commercial where the little kids say, mom, I fail. And she, she say, get a band-aid. Band he say, I ain't bleeding. <laughs> Get to <laughs> and then so, 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 so let me ask you though, like so when that happened, because I remember a time, you know, mom passed away, you know, to the ancestors, you know, you know, may God be pleased with her work. But I remember a time when she was really out there on drugs. And I, I remember she was them with Jew features. And you know, when you on drugs, you do certain things like you steal. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You start, yeah. doing certain things, and you are trying to help your parent. They're stealing your money. They're stealing your jewelry. Right. They're stealing this. Right. So how do you balance that out? With I mean, I love your mom. I love your dad. But damn, you, you, I mean, you're taking all my stuff. And now I'm married. I got a relationship. You know, my husband and my wife. They don't want to come in and damn it. The diamond ring gone, and you know, the grandma necklace gone that they gave them, and you know, the, the credit card gone, and all that kind of stuff. So I know, Pete, you dealt with some of that. Like, 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 like how did that affect you? Being because I know when mom was living there, and boo, I know you dealt with it. Well, like, Cornell, you dealt with some of it. Right. How did it affect you, bitches? Yeah, it um affected me because, I mean, I gave her a place to stay. And I was looking for her to respect my home. But instead, she stole things from me. She would have people that's in the street. She know, like, at my house when I'm at work, she know I don't live that way. You know, so we kind of fell out about that with her smoking cigarettes in my house. I don't smoke. And she constantly, well, I'm letting the window up. That's not the point. This is my house. I don't want you smoking in it. So, you know, we just kind of 
fell out a lot about little things, different things she would do, you know. And I just asked, you you have to go, mom. But she told me, you know, she was hurt. She don't understand why I'm, I'm telling her she have to leave. But I'm like, look at the things you're doing. Like, I had a bunch of movies um, that I paid, you know, good money for. She done stole half my movies. I didn't know nothing about. Probably done sold them for 2 or $3 dollars. And I done paid $20 for these movies. So by the time I go to check my little movie case, oh, she done set it up to where it looked like I got a lot of movies. I look to the back, all my movies go. She just got them up to the front. I'm like, mama, you got to go. So right. now she's telling everybody in the family, you know, I don't understand why people put me out and this, but you ain't telling them all the stuff you done stole from me, all the stuff you doing around my house and i'm like i can't have nobody in my house that's you know causing havoc like that and i just couldn't i like peace in my house and when you come in here and it's not peaceful no more you have to go so it was just that simple yeah i don't know she she was doing too much well you know when i was adapted to that that's that Houston internet. Right, right. 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 You know what I'm saying? Android. And he right, always right. talking about somebody got their phone from the Arabs. It looked like he got his from there. <laughs> no, he got it. No, Buddha. No, Buddha went out on. Buddha went out on okay, page to flea market. <laughs> Can y'all hear me? Right. Look, he got he got he got that flea, he got that flea market internet right. that I beep internet. Right. Man, I know, right? I don't know what's going on in there, but it's about to piss me off. All right, but come on, boy, let's come with it. Okay, so you know, my my uh let me take this other phone off off the Wi-Fi. Hold on. I got other crap yeah. on there. Maybe that was it. So, yeah. you know, my my thing, PC, I don't know if we, you remember we stayed up on North Market. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this was my my experience, uh, and this is the, this is this is the time when I had moved out. You know, I'm 16 years old when I moved out. My mom stole all my drugs I had in the house. Now, mind you, I was working for this big time drug dealer back then, and she mm -hmm. took everything from. I had to go and hide. I don't know if y'all. I ain't never told y'all this story. I used to go and hide. Uh huh. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, Hey, but, but, but you know, this, this is really a, a, a serious topic, though, because Drugs affect like so many of our families, right? No, nah, man. Oh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell her when she came to stay with me. Okay, come on, let's go. <laughs> I love my mama to death, man. Y'all know that I'm a mama's boy. And uh, when she came to stay with me, you know, my cataract and shit. So, you know, I had my weed. And, you know, when she hurt, I, I smoked. You smoked, shit. But, you know, and then she was. She hurt that that lupus, that shit was a motherfucker when she stayed with me. And she'll smoke that crack. And that's when that lupus will really flur up on her ass. And she be in her room, oh, and this shit. And that shit, I can't, I couldn't take that shit. That's, 
her, her and being in so much pain and I can't do nothing to stop it. So, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm giving her my pain medicine and I had to tell her you, that's when, that's why she left my house because I told her, I can't keep giving you my pain medicine because when my back go out, I can't move and shit. Right. And, and you don't want to stop smoking that dope to go get your own medicine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She left my house and went and stayed with Lil Bean. I wish she was on here because she left her in the ambulance and went to the to Bones and shit. I'm up at Bones looking for her, going to see her. They didn't move her from Bones to the motherfucking nursing home. I get mm -hmm. I find a nursing home. I walk in the door, they say, Hey, are you Benny? I'm like, no, I'm Cornell. I go up to her room. She ain't been there about an hour. She got her shit still packed, hollering at the people, talking about she ready to go. They nasty. I'm like, Mama, you ain't even been here. Give this place a, a chance, you know? She cursing me out. I ain't giving them shit. I'm leaving. Auntie Chinky and Tweety Pie was coming in. It hurt me so bad that I was crying and shit. Because she was staying with me. And they, she left the hospital and went there. <clears throat> I, I'm, I lead her, man. I'm driving. I go get my cataract medicine and shit. The cataract and, uh, medicine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so all and purpose. Look, I, I drive back by the house. I dragged back by the house, man, and her and Libby in there packing her stuff up in this truck. Right. I'm like, damn, where you going? She's like, I can't stay here no more. You, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. All I told her, she got to leave that crack alone if she's going to stay there. Because that shit have her lupus flared up, and I couldn't take her being in that much pain. Mm -hmm. And I can't do nothing about it. But I love mom. She can call me anytime and I'm there. She could yeah. she could have stole something from me and I'd be mad at her. And she called me 30 <laughs> minutes later and say somebody did something to her and I'm there to fuck them up. If your back yeah. ain't hurt. <laughs> right. Right. No, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. He got to be mad for him to jump up. What you say, Nell? Give him my money. <laughs> <laughs> And then, Booty, what you say about that? Um, red, little bit in trying to get in. I know. Yeah, I don't see him, though. <clears throat> what yeah, he's been trying. Well, yeah. I tried to talk. Yeah, he's been calling me. That's why my phone yeah. is jacking up. You say what now? I'm sorry. My phone. Uh, go ahead. But, but, but you were saying something, and then you cut off. And, uh, yeah. you, uh, uh, you know, when you cut off, um, we thought you were still in hiding from the Man. drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> from the big drug dealer. Yeah. From Tommy Tucker. I know. But you no, have you have a Tommy Tucker. That right there, it, it, it opened my eyes up, man. So when I had when she did that to me, you know, I just couldn't believe that a person that loved you that would do that. So it, it like I said, it crushed me to a point where I literally moved out. Uh, I remember I used to I used to be over on Washington. That's why I hung out over on Washington Taylor. I hung out over there until 
I got this man money. I mean, sun up, sun down, and I got this man money. And and the the crazy part, <coughs> I never, I never even told mom like, damn, mom, you know what I'm saying? I I couldn't believe you did that to me. You know what I mean? Because my life was in jeopardy. But as you say, you mm. know, with people on, on them drugs and stuff, they do stuff that you just gotta forgive them. And I, I just forgave her. You know, I moved on, forgave her. But I just, I just, she could come to my house for a long time because of that behind that because. I didn't want that situation to happen again, but I, we talked and I forgave her all about that man. It, it was just it was just a hurtful experience uh, to go through that something like that, and then where when people are on drugs, they not their mind don't be like, damn, whose stuff is I'm taking? Is this my son's stuff? What what kind of trouble I'm putting him into? You know, they they just don't they don't understand that, and that's why right now right now today I never tried any drugs because I seen the effect that it had on my family. I never even smoked a joint. I never. I Weed never, is not a drug. Well, uh, whatever. I never anything. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything that that. And, and people, uh, people right now, I tell people that I never, I never even tried to even joint before. People are like, man, they be thinking I'm lying. Man, I, I didn't, I didn't grow up with heroin addicts. I didn't grow up with crackhead. I grew up with weed addicts. I say the 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 effect that I seen that it had on on my loved ones, ain't no way in hell I would try them like that. Mm -hmm. So right now today, you know what I'm saying? I'm 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 totally against uh, 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 because I used to be heavy heavy in drugs selling them. I used to be a good good drug seller, you know what I'm saying? But I never was a drug mm -hmm. user. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. and you know. So, so I'm gonna say, you know, I love these kind of conversations. <laughs> You know, I love these kind of conversations because, listen, our parents are not damn perfect, right? And those those of you who have parents that that, that deal with drugs and stuff, sometimes it's a big difference between truth, what shit just real, damn it, this is real, and condemning and putting down your parents and all that. Some of the stuff they do when you on drugs, that ill affect children. That hurt children. Hey, it may make it, 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 it make you hate them sometimes. Some stuff they do. I've interviewed girls on, on this podcast that they mother sold them to drug dealers to get some drugs. They mama sold their own daughter. So you think that daughter got love for her mama when you to put her out to grown men and she done had five, 10, 15 men break her little virginity and all that. It's hard to tell that girl to say, love your mama. Now you can say forgive her. You can say let, let bygones be bygones, but that connection there has been severed. And in her mind, it's like, no, nah, I ain't dealing, I ain't got no dealings with her because she wasn't she she put me out there like that to men for drugs. Now y'all know I bought mom up in the Phoenix, you know, at, at, at one time, you know, and I brought her up here. Now I, I did have one of the great things that I did. I remember Peaches when mom was on hospice. You know, she you know, mom was strong as hell. This one be on hospice right. today, and she come up hospice tomorrow. They said you got eight weeks to live, and damn it, this woman had a willpower. She come up out of yeah. she little and she come out of that stuff because her willpower was so strong. She's a strong woman, right? But I remember one time, man, we came down there to St. Louis. I jumped in the van. Me and all the I don't know if you still locked up, Buddha or not. But we came down to mom with the chinky house. And she was real little. And I thought that she only had a little time to live, right? And I remember uh -huh. talking to mom and I asked mom at, at, at Chinky House, I say, Mom, do you have any regrets in life? Is it anything that you want to do before you die? She said, no, but then look, check out what mom said. She said, you know what? I want to meet Minister Farrakhan. I say, huh? 
She said, I want to meet Farrakhan. I said, you want me Farrakhan? She said, yeah. I said, why? She said, because you was my worst damn child. And you turned out to be one of my best children. And I want to meet the man that's responsible for that. And that touched me because the love I got for the minister, right? Now, she came up out of that uh, physical situation. She didn't die at that point. And a year later, I brought her out here to Phoenix to see a naturopathic doctor here, Dr. Patina. That, that was the purpose of bringing her out here because she was dealing with cancer and lupus and stuff like that. She went through the chemo, the radiation, and all that. She didn't want to put her in a different environment. Get away from St. Louis. You know all the drug addicts down there. You in the hood. Come up in Arizona. It's something totally different. Now, when she get up here, mm -hmm. it's a year later. My, 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 my ex-wife called me. I was driving cab at the time. She said, Mom, real sick. She in a lot of pain. I say, call the, call the ambulance. I'm way out of another part of Scottsdale. I live in Glendale. I had to jet, jet all the way home. When I get home, they taking her out on the gurney. You know, on the on the little, I think it's called a gurney with the ambulance people use, right? Right. And we go to the hospital. We get to the hospital. Mom look at me and she say, man. She say, son, I think I'm going to make it this time. I say, oh, mom, you're going to make it. You know, you know, um, God is real. You know, you know, just keep praying, right? And then she say, damn. I thought I was going to meet me Farrakhan before I died. I had forgot about her telling me that a year prior to that. I say, damn, mom, you did say that. Now look, the minister comes to Phoenix every year, right? He come here to Phoenix. He got we got it's a national house here in Phoenix. So the minister had came in town the day before. Mom said that to me, two days before. This was Thursday. Mom, the minister came in that Tuesday. So when she said that, I say, damn, I gotta get mom to see the minister. So I called some of the brothers, you know, on, on the minister security team. I told him some of the things that mom said. Cause check out, and I don't know if y'all ever heard this story, but mom said this to me when I was at Chinky House. She said, I want to meet Farrakhan. She said, but if, if I die before I meet him, if he can stand up on my grave, I can test the hem of his garment. You know, now this mom talking. This is how much she see the minister, right? She said, if he if, if he can just, if I can just, if he can stand on my grave, I can test the hill of his garment and I can still feel his spirit. So I write all this in a um in a um, letter. To the security team, I, I tell one of the brothers, he gave me Minister Farrakhan's son, Joshua Farrakhan's number. And he said, Man, tell, tell, you got to tell this to the minister's son. I shared him, shared him what my mama said. He said, Man, write, write that up in a letter. I took it to, to and give it to the minister's secretary. The next day, I get a call. And they say, The minister read the letter. You know, he wanted to meet your mom, right? And I'm like, Wow, man, the minister. Now, y'all know my mama hood. Now, y'all been hearing the story about my mama, right? Straight hood. Right. I mean, Pistols, Cadillac, gold teeth. That's my mama, right? And, and, and so that's how mom But in this instance right here, she tell my ex-wife, she say this, she say, look, she say, can you give me one of them pretty Muslim outfits that y'all be wearing? Because I don't want to look no any kind of way when I go see Farrakhan. I want to look like a black queen. That's what she said. I say, man, so if you notice the picture, she got a, a Muslim garment on. She right. wanted to yeah. have that on. She say, I don't want to meet Farrakhan any kind of way. I want to look like a black queen when I go meet the minister. So we go meet the mm -hmm. minister, and my mama, man, she know she 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 mom. She you know she say what she say. But I remember the minister, wife, mother Khadija, come downstairs and hug mom and give her a kiss and say, mom, you know, uh, sister, we love you. We praying for you and this and that. And then the minister come down and man, you know, we prayed and we stayed there for about an hour, 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 hour twenty minutes. He praying with mom and things like that. Now that picture that was on her obituary, uh, the minister told his son. Take this picture just like this. He was kissing mom on the cheek. And, and, and he wanted his son to take the picture just like that. So I still got that picture, right? And y'all see the picture with, with all us with the minister and mom and things like that. So when mom died, 
because you did the obituary. I didn't know that the picture of mom and, and the minister was in the centerfold to the obituary. So I get to St. Louis. When I seen the obituary, I'm like, damn, how did the picture get in there? I think he told me, it means, you know, we found the, we found the pictures and it, you know, the pictures in the, in the um, centerfold. But what Hi. I want to say is, is my mama, as, 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 as any mother that's on drugs or whatever, they still have enough in them. Because y'all know when mom was in church, she was the number one band recruiter for the church. Y'all know yeah. that. When she was right. going to right. she was going to get every crackhead, every heroin addict, every dope fiend. She was getting all of them come to the church. Now, she vacillated between crack and Christ. When she on crack, she was bad. But when she was on Christ, she was an A1. She was top of the line of the church, the biggest recruiter. She threw the van up every week. She bought all the all the dope things and drugs, got it to the church, and got them born again and redeemed them and stuff like that. So I seen, so it's something to that, what Lisa was saying earlier, when your parents on drugs, it's still a level of humanity. What they do as drug addicts and alcoholics and, and dope fiends, it may ill affect you, but we all know that other side. When she was going to get all the crackheads and bring them to the church and the drug guys and she, y'all, y'all went to that church. Y'all know how she did it. We didn't yeah. know yeah. Mom when it came to them drug addicts and stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. Even with the grandkids. Yeah. It's one thing I can't say about her, boy. She, she, uh, I don't care what kind of state of mind she was in. You, you take them grandbabies over there, she'd be in the way another totally different mindset, man. And that's, that's, that's what, what, I loved about it, you know, what I'm saying? and it just, it just, in my heart, I just forgave her for everything, and I just, I just wanted to make men's, and I'm like, mom, we, I remember, I remember the day when she was in nurse home, I was in, I was living in California, and she got sick, and she told me, I wasn't gonna leave her until I see you one more time. I, I remember that clear as day, and she said, you go ahead, go back. I made my peace. You go ahead and go back because I know you got to get back to California. I remember leaving St. Louis driving. I was in Texas when I got the phone call. I just left her that morning. And I remember when I got the phone call, I was in Texas. And like I say, it, it, it was just a blessing where even when I came home, you know, like I say, she was, she, I was um, uh, in, in, in prison um, when you took her to Arizona because I remember when she told me that when I came home, she said, I was not leaving this Leave this world until I held you one more time. I remember yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I remember when you called me, Peaches. It was I had came down to St. Louis. I didn't tell y'all I was coming. Peaches, you the only one knew I was coming because I was living with you at the time. And I came down there and like a week before she had passed away. And uh, I remember coming back to Arizona. It was Ramadan. We was fasting, and um, I had just took a, a bite of my bean soup. And you had gave me a call, Peaches. You, it was, I was back maybe two, three days. You say mom has just died, and, and I couldn't even enjoy my meals. I'm like, man, I just seen that a couple of days ago, and um, and, and you know, for, for for those out there who listen to this, and when you got parents, I know you think you want to judge your parents, you want to condemn them, you want to criticize them for not being perfect and fitting your little standards and stuff like that. But man, I, one thing I heard the minister say, he said, damn it, it's our parents about our raggedy behind into existence, you know. And, and, and because of that, mom was the vehicle, the vessel used to bring us into existence. So for that alone, I mean, y'all remember the days where, listen, now I was in the street, now, so I, I knew a lot about something mom was doing. I know sometimes she would go home to put food on the table. You know what I'm saying? She would turn yeah. to feed us. 
when, when, when there wasn't no dude that when she wasn't messing with no baller, no drug dealer, stuff like that, she was gonna do what she had to do to make sure we had food to eat, life was on. And sometimes it was rough. I know sometimes we did in some rough situations. Right. But I remember times when she did it, and I'm thinking like, what kind of love is that? Damn it, it may seem abnormal to some people, and, 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 it, and it's off the off the course in, in, in many ways. But look at the kind of love you got to have to humiliate yourself, to degrade yourself, to so you can feed your children. You know, so right. you can just you know feed it and, and and take care of your children. And that's Chinky right there, Sam. I'm just seeing this. That's right. one of our Hey, Chinky. Right hey, yeah. What's up, yeah. Monty? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I remember this time when we were standing on Lafayette when um, me and my mama was sitting um, in her room watching TV and uh, that commercial came on. It was a skillet and then they said, this is your brain. And then on they cracked drugs. the egg and said, this is your brain, <laughs> your on, brain drugs. on drugs. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> she said, um, Peaches, they talking about me. I said, who talking about you? She said, that commercial. I said, how could they be talking about you? You're not on drugs. I wasn't aware that she was on drugs at all. She said, that's your mama. I'm, I'm on drugs, but I cover it up, and y'all don't know. And I just cried and cried because, you know, now I'm thinking, okay, mama, I'm on drugs. Okay, is she finna, like, just be out there bad, bad to work? Everything finna get cut off. We gonna get put out, or or whatever the case may be. And I'm still a child. I can't really take care of myself. So I'm like, okay, where's we finna go from here? So I'm like, Mama, why are you on drugs? Why are you doing this? You know? And she was just like, Baby, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. You know, I, I got it under control. And I mean, I just literally just cried, cried. And she couldn't tell me that she was going to stop or none of that. She just tell me she got it under control. But I was just like so sad to hear that, you know. It was just, oh, I couldn't believe she was on drugs. Because, you know, mom always been a hustler. She did what she had to do, like you say, to take care of us. So to hear her say that, that hurted me to my heart, too. Yeah. And, you know, um, some parents, yeah. not on drugs, but some parents do um, other things that, 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 that ill affect you know, the children. And I like the way this conversation went because this wasn't rehearsed. We didn't talk about this. We just said we're going to get on to our talking, right? And, right? and I think one of the greatest lessons that came up out of this is parents, we're not fucking perfect. None right. of us. I don't care how much right. you read the Bible, Quran, that don't mean right. nothing. You're going to make some mistakes, right? And them mistakes, right. you're going to affect your children. And give them their space. Damn it. If I'm hurt, you can't tell me how the hell does it feel. Because you, because you know, it's me. I can feel the way I feel. I need, but I, as a person, I need to heal. I need to heal from that. I don't want to be like you know, like what Cornell was saying earlier, like to hell with my daddy. I don't want to. I don't want to hold that in me forever like that. Right. I don't want to have that kind right. of power. You know what I'm saying? So I need to start the process right. of healing. But I need right. to have my space to say, damn it, this how I feel. Damn it, this how you affected me or ill affected me, and that's real. Whether you my mama, my right. daddy, my grandma, my that don't mean nothing. Your title don't mean right. nothing when you hurt me and you ill affect me. The hell with your title, right. that don't mean nothing, right? So sometimes, right. sometimes people, you know, um, if I talk, because y'all know I, I'm, I'm very transparent and I don't mind talking about the bullshit that goes on in our family or any other family. Some people, they want to lie. 
and be deceptive and make it like everything's pretty clean and you know, all that funny stuff. No, we got to keep it 100 because when you keep it 100, that's when the healing takes place. When you have any kind of real conversation, how it affect you? And then give everybody their space because it may affect everybody differently. You know, Liz Jane got right. one view. Lisa got one view. Corner had another view. We all got different views, but give everybody their space to heal. But the process of healing got to take place. And I love what the Amaments and Lewis Farrakhan talk about in terms of atonement. Because as a community and as a people, it start with atonement start right there at the family. We can talk about we atone with our family, with the black community and all that all day long. That it start right there with your aunties, your uncles, your cousins, your mama, your daddy, your, your siblings. Because sometimes siblings have crazy, you know, sometimes siblings fall out. And you know, luckily for us. With all the, we got a lot, you know, we got the daddy got babies all over. We got a lot of siblings and, and extended siblings, right? But we all still cool though. We ain't fell out. We don't hate each other and this and that, you know. We have our ups and downs and hiccups, but you know, we said some people they don't even talk to their siblings. Ain't talked to them in years. I can't stand right. his ass. I ain't finna talk to him no more. That's the end of that. And sometimes that's justified. Sometimes people can do some things that make you cut them off indefinitely. Like, nah, I ain't messing with him. But mm. I like the thought is because it um talks about parents and none of us, all of us can agree we weren't perfect as parents. We did some things to ill effect and, and, and you know, our children. But as we grow, we get better. And I always like to say that if you're a parent and you have multiple children, if your younger child say the same thing about you that your older child is saying, then your ass ain't growing. Your younger child should be saying something right. different about you than the older child. My older right. child say, man, you was crazy as hell. You was mean. You ain't give me no play. My younger child saying, no, no, my daddy. Hey, my right. daddy, get away with everything. You know, my what, daddy, BG? Oh, man, what up, BG? What's up, brother? What's up? What up, BG? What's up, brother? What's up, bro? Yeah, man, I had to come out corner. I couldn't click in, so I had to drive the corner house, man, so I can get on. Oh, man, what's up? <laughs> Yeah, what's up, man? I'm up here watching y'all. I said, man, I gotta get on there. I gotta get over near house. You don't even want closer. I can get to. Okay, okay. Well, uh, so so we winding it down. We got about 15 minutes. Um, I mean, what you want to add to the conversation from from some of the stuff you heard? Man, you just a badass kid, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but man, hey, no, you went away, man. We all miss you, bro. It's like you was. It was like. Man, it's just unbelievable. You was too young to go away that young, man. You know? Mm. And when you came out, you was a whole different person. When you came out, when we was up on Arsenal, man, you you turned to a whole nother man. You flicked out, like, from being incarcerated so long. You flicked out when we stand up on Arsenal with that little uh, uh, sock store. You don't remember that, huh, Peach? Yeah. Mm, he flipped out. Yeah. What? He did. He he was a whole other person. He flipped out to a whole other person. He went himself. But uh, no. I'm just clicking in online with y'all and uh, see what's going down. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about life and you know everything. But you know, I like the course of this conversation, y'all. So so um, for, for for parents or children out there who, who've been affected and ill affected, let's get some closing remarks dealing with healing. And I want all of us to say a little something, like based on our own experience, damn, we ain't had the perfect parents. We ain't been the perfect parents, but damn it, the healing gotta take place somewhere and, and we gotta forgive 
I, I hope our children forgive us and you know, but 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 all of us say something and, and we'll start with two peaches and Lisa. We will start with y'all. We let the you know the, the, the ladies go first. No, um, peaches, let's let the gentleman go first. We didn't win first the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on, Lisa. Okay. Come on, all right. Uh, so, all right, so I run it like this. So like you talking about reconciling. Like with your parents, right? So, like I said, you know, coming up with my old dude, you know, it was kind of rough. I was defiant. I was kind of like you, Red. You know what I'm saying? When, when, when I was like 13, 14, when I was 13, 14, when I started gang banging, you know, and when I when I started gang banging, I went in real hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I ain't care. I ain't care if I died. I ain't care if I went to jail. Uh, it just didn't really matter to me. You know what I'm saying? It just was what it was. You know what I'm saying? And for my friends, I was willing to die for them too. But dealing with my mm-hmm. old dude, he didn't even know I was gangbanging until he seen my tattoos, right? And uh, we had an argument, whatever, whatever. Then I learned one thing. I was homeless at a time, right? And uh, my daddy was like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get a crib. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no job. He said, no, I ain't going to help you out. Now, I was real, real mad at my daddy. Very mad at him. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, this some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? But I wasn't thinking because I was still in the child mind, right? Mm-hmm. So about two years later, I started thinking. I'm like, I'm like, damn, that's when I turned into a man. When he did that, that's when I turned into a man because I understood where he was coming from. But then I had to go and talk to my daddy about all of the things from him not coming to football games, from him choking me out uh, over abroad, <laughs> um, just 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 different certain different things. You know what I'm saying? And I got to understand it. I got to understand it of where he was coming from. You know what I'm saying? And I forgave him for it. You know what I'm saying? And so me and his relationship a whole lot, uh, a whole lot better. You know what I'm saying? Really, actually, it's great. You know right. what I'm saying? So I, 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 I say that I say that I learned that me and him is probably I say ninety seven percent the same person. You know what I'm saying? And I, I didn't know it. You know what I'm saying? But I came to found out find out that we are like ninety seven percent the same person. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't really say what I am with my mothers. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because of the situations, but as far mm-hmm. as him, you know, I reconciled mm-hmm. that with him. We talked it out, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, and and that's where we at, bro. And that's beautiful. And and, and just so we can put this in perspective, so Lil James is, um, you know, all of us consider him our little brother. This this our youngest brother. Um, he wasn't biologically my mother's child. His father and my mother was boyfriend and girlfriend for many years. And he was about one or two because the daddy had custody of him. He was staying with he his was, daddy. So, so he, he raised was three months, months, man. Three months. months. Uh, uh, he was three months? Three months. Oh, okay, I thought yeah. he was about one. Okay, well, he was three, three months. months. And then his biological mother was killed in a, in a bar fight, right? Is that right? Nope. What happened? Hit and run. Oh, hit and run. Okay. So his biological mother was killed. But he, he raised up with my mother, even though his, his mother and my father split up. We always, we, when we say our little brother, we always consider him a part of our family because we all grew up together. So we ain't had that. It's our stepbrother. We, we ain't play that. It's our little brother. So 
So just to put that in perspective, when he say my two mothers, his biological mother and my mother, but he always called mom, mom. And I mean, you know, you know, he come up, you know, that's family right there. But um, living, uh, what you, I mean, Buddha, Buddha, what, what you say on this? Let's end with some advice. What would you say to people out there, parents or child, who going through the, the conversation that we had and just don't want to let that shit go? And it's time to let it go in order right. to, to start the healing process. Because we need to start healing as a family. We need, to, we need to let the healing begin. But what would you say on that? Well, one thing I would say, just you know, just just briefly, you know, is it's just literally, you right. guys have to, you guys have to forgive. You have to forgive, and you, you know what I mean. And you don't have to forget because when you when you remember, uh -huh. a certain thing, it makes you grow as a person. You don't have to forget it, but that is a lesson, and everything that we do, everything that we learn in life is a lesson. And I, I say. Make men's rather than with, with your mother, your siblings, whatever. I love my siblings. We, we, our siblings, we talk all the time. I ain't, I don't have no bad none of my, none of my siblings. I got some crazy ones, but I love them all. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, is that we, we as, we as a family, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying we perfect because we could be better, but as a family, one thing about us right here, the child seeing on, on this, on this live right now. These are siblings that no matter what, we stick together, rain, sleet, and snow. Make men's with your siblings, make men with your father. And for those those mothers and fathers out there, stop downing one another to your children. Stop making the other parent out to be the villain and the bad one. Stop, take a look at yourself. Because I used to hear that so much times. You just you just like you just like your daddy. But hell, I didn't know who my daddy was. So how the hell I'm gonna be like somebody I don't know who he is. You know what I'm saying? So the thing is, make means make means with, with your with your with your siblings, make means with your parents. You guys, we have one life. Live to the best of your ability. That's all I have to say. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think all of us can agree on here that um I think I was one of the worst children coming up. I think we all can agree that right now, Cornell got to be the craziest one among us. Oh, he most definitely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Cornell only crazy when Lil dying around. Hey, we don't know that. But all right, come on, Cornell, little man. What, what, what would y'all say to just just growing up? You know, you know, you know, we ain't children no more. So I know Cornell. You know, you saying like you still hold on to certain things towards dad and stuff like that. But it's some areas of your life that you grew up from that you gotta look at it somewhat differently. What would you say to them parents or you know, you, you know, you and BG? What did I say to parents or children in terms of judging parents and judging each other and having that kind of relationship? How can we start the process of healing from, from your point of view? Well, I'm gonna tell you this, it's like everybody say certain things about your parents, you know, well coming up when parents was Doing drugs and you was calling them they own they 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 named the crackhead the dope fiend. Everybody got a habit, and so I didn't return to my mama to a whole different way. You know, I looked at it a whole nother way because everybody got habit in life to maintain something. And what she was doing, my habit might have been more higher expensive than her habit. So was I was I a dope fiend or crackhead? Because I had to have a marijuana and or, no, or cataract, you know, yes. or cataract, you know, and so this game. 
<laughs> you know, right, every, so, everybody, everybody else mute your phone while he's talking because it's, it's static. Everybody else mute your phone. Go ahead, man. Yeah, you know, so man, life is just different. You know, I I look at my mama different than that. You know, and it's man, it's like it's so much to say, and I just don't even know what to say right now at this moment. You know, it's like uh, like everybody had a different habit. You know, so I couldn't call my mom that crackhead and look at it like that way because I was spending more money on on more things than she was spending more money on what she had the habit. So everybody had different habits. You might drink and smoke your cigarettes. You, you spend more money on cigarettes and drinking than she spent on drugs, you know, trying to get high and everything. So everybody had got habits and, you know, just got to look at life different with, you know, coming up, growing up. And like I say, I braced my mom in and took me in and, and you know, just made a, a whole other person. I never thought I'd have to bathe her and put her in out the tube and all that, you know, as you know, I thought she she'd be doing that with me, you know. And life just man is a different is different that she gone and and how we just grew up. Everybody's just different and I just want everybody to be more of a family to get together and see each other. We sisters and brothers, we don't even see each other and spend more time, quality time with one another. And I be trying to that you know at the time you know, and that's what our generation got to come up on more of that type of situation, spend time with one another. You know, since uh, Lisa Ray went away, we all couldn't. You know, we all get together, go over her house, and had a big gathering and everything. Everybody to meet up over there because everybody cooking, coming down the street from Slobs with baskets of food. You know, and Uncle Brucey he, he always keeps coming together. You know, and he gonna call. Everybody and try to get everybody together. And that everybody ain't nobody ain't gonna get together and be as no family. So I just want everybody to you know love your family and, and stick together and try to you know be with one another. You know visit each other. Everybody only stay 15, 20 minutes away from each other. That ain't number five hours from gas. Right. And Cornell, what you gotta say to that? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, you know, this. There's so much I want to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I love moms. I love my daddy. So I love him. But you know, I always said that I I would have a relationship with my kids because I didn't have one with my daddy, right? But now I got the relationship, the same one I got with him, I got with my kids. I can't stand him, they can't stand me. And that's really that really fucks with me mentally because I go out my way to do for their ass whenever they call. When I was out here selling drugs and shit, giving them what they want, I was cool. Even when I was working, giving them what whatever they call, whatever. I was cool, but the minute I stopped hustling and the minute I can't come up with something right then and there when they want it, then I ain't shit. And that shit fucks with me mentally because I said I was going to show them this year that I ain't shit. Don't, when they, they don't, don't call me for shit this year since I ain't shit. And I've been getting calls. I ain't got it. But for real, I ain't got it. 
I ain't working. My back out six days out of the week. But they don't understand that. They just won't, won't, won't. And they don't understand I get out here and get my little hustle on with my back hurting to get them the money or the things that they want. And I got to take care of home. But they don't understand that. They don't call me, so I don't call them. Okay. I said my for my because my I'm fucked up in the head because I still ain't accept mom's being gone. And my kids don't want to deal with me. That's another thing fucking with me mentally. My back fucked up every day. I gotta take pills to every fucking day. That's mentally fucking with me. I can't work. All this shit is fuck with me mentally, and they don't understand that. All they want is why, why I can't get this now. But shit, it is what it is. Mm. Yeah. Right. I just put the shit in God's hands, like fuck it. All my yeah. kids know each other, so you know they call each other. They ain't got to call me. I got some. They call they calls me sometime, you know. But it's always won't won't won't. It ain't how you doing, daddy? How your back feeling today? As soon as I say hello, oh, can I get? Uh, I need never a how you feeling. And then they say, well, you don't call us. I ain't got y'all number. Y'all cell phones be off. I don't call their mama houses. I don't know their numbers. But they, my number been the same for years. Yeah. Only time I only time I get a call is holidays, 4th of July when fireworks, Christmas, birthdays, when school start, motherfuckers need their hair done and school shit. And then when I bust my ass to make it happen, I get no kind of thank you or none of that shit. One of my sons told me, I'm going to piss on your grave. I said, okay, little motherfucker. You won't get, you won't get shit from me until, until I get an apology from his ass. Are you dropping the mic yet, bro? Right, you tell me, bro. Hey, man, but you know, let me say, yeah, you, you know, just uh, going hold on, we're gonna go, go, go right. ahead, what you gotta say to this? Come on, mute your phone, Peach, what you got? Let, let's end with some, some clothes. Let me mark. You hear me, Peaches? Right, I just want to say, I love, oh, they yeah, gonna look, Peach, too. That's the boy there. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear I you. Know. I see your can son you on, look, Peach. Yeah, we can hear you. Right. I just, hey, Keith. Yeah. I just want to um end it by saying, you know, I love my family. We do all need to come together more because it's steady. A lot of children being born that I don't even know. You know, I can run into my family and don't even know it's my family because they steady having babies. So we do need to start coming together more. And I just want to thank you, Ghazi, Hamza, Muhammad. 
for having right. us on this show. I appreciate it. I'm glad to see all my brothers and sisters, you know, come together again. And we all do need to get together, you know, soon because I do love you all and I miss you. So that's all I got to say right now. All right, come on. Lisa. Christmas at Peach's okay. house. Huh? Christmas at oh, Peach's house. Oh, well, not while the corona going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Later on. Hold on. That don't yeah, mean, you don't, hold on. We family. We ain't got corona. We talking about that's other, other oh, people. Nah, whatever. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, nah. Come on, Lisa. Yeah. What you got to get over there? Okay, so let me take a step back because I've been listening and waiting patiently for this. Uh -huh, right, okay, right. so I had I had something prepared, but I'm gonna add two things. I'm I'm gonna piggyback from off of what Cornell said. The first thing that I kept hearing Cornell say, and I'm gonna paraphrase this, is he messed up in the head. So next next topic we do, let's talk about mental illness in an African American community and why we refuse to go see a therapist. Because if he, <laughs> you're feeling that way, Cornell and you really feel like you messed up, therapy is the key. It ain't nothing wrong with going to talk to somebody. I go talk to my therapist. Her name is Teresa Davis every Wednesday and Saturday. She keep me mellow. Second thing I want to say is like we all said er earlier, parenting does not come with a handbook. And I will never forget the call Tiara and Tania decided to make to me when they told me where I messed up as a parent. Um, as a single mother, first of all, I have two successful, beautiful young black women, uh, 28 and 24. I'm not a grandmother yet. They are both college graduates. One is an entrepreneur. One is a special ed teacher. Mm -hmm. And I can't complain not one bit about them. I bust my ass raising them girls by myself. And like Cherry, I did what I had to do to make sure they was all right. right. And that was whatever I had to do. So here's mm -hmm. the thing. They called me with that fatal phone call of what I did, where I went wrong as a parent. And I'm in my head, you know, I'm already on the defense before they start talking. I'm like, what the hell can they say? They grew up with the best of everything. They can't say this and it. And the one thing they said, well, mama, all we can say is we moved too much after we moved out Pennsylvania. I stepped back. I said, oh, that's all y'all can say I did wrong. They was like, yeah, <laughs> we moved like every year. I say, were you ever in a shelter? Were you ever sharing a room? Did we ever live with anybody? So because I moved at the end of a lease or in the middle of the lease, if that's your complaint, I will take that because we were never homeless. So right. from that, I learned this is what I was going to say. We have to be willing to speak our truth and we have to be willing to let truth come to us and a person's truth is truly how they perceived an event you might I, I figured like I did a hell of a job regardless to us moving I kept a roof over their head so kudos to me but in my children's <laughs> eyesight that was the worst thing in the world so I had right. to acknowledge they truth apologize for it and say when you all become parents we're going to do it better it's not about saying that anybody is a bad parent, but I know I have a mother. I can't speak my truth to her. 
Because the minute I come and say, well, mama, I know y'all think I was a bad mother. And that is not the case. I have the sweetest, most humble, loving mother in the world. Mm -hmm. But you just can't say that they come from a generation where if you just say, no, nah, mama, that ain't right. You being disrespectful. So truth cannot come to them. So with us, we have to be uh, willing to acknowledge their truth. They're not saying that you were a bad parent. They just, hopefully what they saying is I'm going to do this better. Mm-hmm. And the fact of perception, we started this show talking about perceptions and how people view events and just know that everybody's perceptions are different. And, and you have to, you can, you can accept somebody's truth and acknowledge it. And it don't, it shouldn't turn you down. It should only uplift you and make you do better. Yeah. End quote. All right. <laughs> all right. So, and I'm going to close it up. You know, first of all, I, I appreciate all y'all for, for coming on today. Um, you know, this thought came to my mind with a conversation I was having with, with Lisa uh, uh, and, and, and Lil James and Buddha. You know, it, it was a combination. And, um, you know, I, I, I was thinking that. My name is Bruce, bro. <laughs> Your name Bruce, right? That's Buddha. <laughs> you know, we all got nicknames. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, and what the thought that came to my mind was that too often, I, I like what people are saying, too often, you know, we don't want to keep it 100 with each other. And even if your children say to you, you was a fucked up parent, you still have. Not the right time to freeze. Hey, oh, hey guys, you need this No, man, he been up on page at the flea market. Oh, no, the, the, the whole thing paused for a minute. But, but, but what I was saying was, even if your child say that you was a fucked up parent, if they say that, and the way they say it, how they say it, we still got to be in a position to listen to what they're saying because we don't know how they affected how we may think we was the bomb diggity.com parent, right? That may not be the case, though, right? I remember when Kafani. Now, 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 those who know, know. I had to, I had to go fight for them when they was in foster care. I had to, I had to do all kind of stuff to get them. When I got custody of Kafani and Secura, they weren't trying to give me them. I had to go to court. I had to fight and all kind of stuff. Cause they say you too violent. You got too many felonies. You might not be a good parent, right? I had to fight like hell to get them and all the stuff I went through. And I remember a time when he, you know, he got up in age and he got his apartment, his chest started coming out a little bit. He called himself going off on me, you know? And I felt like, like, boy, all the hell I've been through with your ass, all the stuff I did, all the sacrifices I made for you. Now, from our vantage point, we sacrificed. We did what we had to do. But from their vantage point, some of the things you did hurt me, though. Some of your ways it affected me, though. And I wasn't trying to hear that, for real. All I was thinking about what I did good. I wasn't thinking about what I did bad, like most of us do. We're to judge ourselves by the good, but we don't know that some of our bullshit some of our weaknesses, some of our flaws, it'll affect our children, it'll affect our parents, our family, our friends. And I didn't want to hear that, right? But when we had a conversation, man to man, because my son was a man, so I couldn't talk to him like he was a boy no more. We had that conversation, I listened to him, and I said, damn, that makes sense then, because from your vantage point, I was hard. From your vantage point, I wasn't nurturing. I wasn't this, I wasn't that. But from my vantage point, I did a damn good job. I was a good parent here. I, I was a super dad to me here. Y'all, y'all had food. Y'all had a house. I protected y'all. Didn't nobody touch my daughter because I was going to kill them. I, I, I made sure, I, you know, I, I was on all that page, right? But to them, 
No, you wasn't the best. You, you know, you 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 kind of messed up. So for the parents out there, understand that you're not perfect. You're gonna say and do some things that may ill affect your children. And when you want to start the healing process, the healing process is gonna start with truth. That's why the Bible says it like this: You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And that lets us know that truth, if truth is associated with freedom, then that means other than truth or a lie is associated with being shackled or restriction. So if you shackled to anything, you restricted to anything, it's because you ain't dealing with the truth within yourself, and you ain't hearing the truth from your children, from your siblings, and everything. So I like it. I love this conversation. I love the flow of it and everything. And I appreciate all y'all for coming. I love all y'all. Y'all my people and life. And uh, we got to do this again. We got to do a part two to this. We, we got to, one day we got to come together and, and do a part two to this and, and talk about other things. It's all from different angles and hopefully just inspire other families and other people out there to get with your siblings and have real conversation. I mean, I, I mean, no, no bullshit, no fluff, no, none of that. No, no, they ain't all perfect. I mean, real conversations and watch how the process of healing takes place when you can be 100 with each other. 100 with your children where you can listen and don't take offense to it when somebody said you your shit stink you ain't offended by it. You, you you accept it yeah that is what it is but i'm gonna get better though i may have been messed up but i don't get better though i ain't like that no more i may have been like that before but i ain't like that no more so i want to thank you all for joining us on the back on track we had a lot of engagements um you all was a beautiful audience some of y'all took with us for man it's been over two hours i have no intention on having y'all over two hours but I forgot y'all. You told me an hour. But you know, you, hey, bro, I'll be, I, I be on the game for about six hours. It's all good. Yeah, man. But hey, listen, I love y'all. And uh, love you, you too, bro. Keep your head up. Be safe out here. And uh, hey, and uh, Peaches, you need to make your way to my house, Miss Lady. You keep talking about you're going to come through, Miss Lady. And Peaches, we got to talk about Cornelia. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love okay. Y'all. Yeah, we wait. All right, y'all. But you have okay, a pleasure. Okay, love y'all too. All right, and you all have a pleasure. I love y'all, deuces. Right. Okay, all right, love y'all. Hi, good off, Rick. All right, just uh, click end broadcast. Okay, leave school. Yeah, and so I just want to end um, saying, you know, for those of us who you know who stayed the whole, whole broadcast, that, that was a hell of a thing, you know. Um, that was all of my siblings. And, um, you know, we, we having a candid conversation, you know, dealing with drugs, dealing with parents, our, our aunties, uncles, everybody, right? We ain't perfect and none of us perfect, but the process of healing got to take place. We got to be healed in the family, within our families. That's where it started right there. You want the community here? We talking about Black Lives Matter. And I, man, it started right there with the family. It, 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 it got to matter right there in the family first. Black lives got to matter right in your family, your cousins, your aunties, your uncles, your daddies, your sisters, brothers, and all that. That's where it got to start right there. It got to start right in our family. So, you know, I really appreciate all you all for, you know, joining us. Um, Kenny Smith, great family. That was awesome, man. I appreciate you, my brother. And Auntie Chinka, you know, you already know we love you. You know, you're one of my favorite people on the planet. And, um, you know, this was inspired to, to hopefully bring families together. It's candid. You've seen we from different angles. We have different expressions. Some people still got anger. They ain't letting it go. Some people let it go. They forgive and they, you know, they, they let go. But everybody got their own truth. Everybody got developed at their own pace and at their own time. We can't rush nobody. I can't make you develop the way I develop. I can't make you grow the way I grow. It's going to be at your own pace and your own time. But listen, we love all y'all. 
And uh, if, if you missed this, go back to the beginning. It's long, but you're going to want to watch it. It, it. It's humorous on some levels. It's real and raw on some levels. And um, all of it is done out of love. So listen, we love y'all. Um, share this broadcast. Share this broadcast. Follow us on YouTube. Um, follow us on Instagram at Gazi Speaks. We're going to have a lot of information coming for you soon that's just raw and off the charts. You all have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that you are inspired to get your personal and business life back on track and in alignment with your divine purpose. Please subscribe, share this podcast, and join us for future episodes. And remember, your authentic self is powerful beyond measure.